The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking... Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, JP John Paz, and this is another edition of Who Is? This week, of course, joining me is Mr. Slam Jam himself, Mr. TMPT, Mr. HMG, Mr. RBV. Rick, what's going on? How you doing? Paz, I want to get the thing going, man. This is for you, brother. So, so here we go. <clears throat> Happy birthday to you. Honk. Happy birthday to you. Honk. Happy birthday, dear Hawkster. Happy birthday to you. Yes, Give it to Hulk. Happy birthday, Hulk. Birthday, man. So we'll get to here. I, I, we're probably going to talk about him uh, oh, yeah. in the running for Worcester yep. SummerSlam. But yeah, hey, yep. hey, hey we, are yep. on, uh, we are on the verge, just a couple weeks away from the biggest party of the summer. And, and I know everyone gets so hyped for, uh, for WrestleMania, but I got to admit, you know, between... The Royal Rumble and SummerSlam. Uh, those two are, are always my favorite events. They always make uh, SummerSlam special. We'll obviously get into more with who is Mr. SummerSlam and how special that event was. But let's bring in a third man in the booth, the doctor himself, the doctor of style, Mr. J, Dr. Jargo. Michael, how are you doing today, sir? You know, it's kind of funny because you, you put over SummerSlam and how great it is. And I'm sitting here wondering to myself, when is SummerSlam and what is the card? Like I am that far out of the WWE loop at this point. And that makes me down. happy. I'll break it down. August 21st in Las Vegas. So it's on a Saturday this year, which is interesting. So the main event is Reigns. Well, I have to actually think about this. Reigns versus Cena, of course. The, uh, the undercard nice. Edge versus Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins. Lashley defending the title against Goldberg. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair in a WrestleMania rematch. Uh, Triple threat Raw women's. Uh, oh, yes. Rhea Nikki Ripley, Ash Nikki versus Ash. Rhea Ripley versus and Charlotte. Charlotte. So there's basically five matches that have been announced so far, I believe. Um, and I think they're teasing Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin as well. Oh, uh, they, boy. They, they've hit something cool. Those guys were on. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't really know so much about the build up one. Right now, we, we do have seven of them, but. It, and Paz, you did say something there. Is while SummerSlam is my favorite, I just like the summertime and it gets you something to look forward to there. I've always felt a little outside of those early years, and I think as it's progressed, 
they really have just moved WrestleMania so far ahead of SummerSlam. I think that they've really missed a lot of opportunities to create that, that second very tremendous brand that they desperately need. They got seven matches going on right now, and there's some good ones here. As, as you said, you got the Raw Women's, you got the Universal Roman Reigns John Cena, which is getting a, a great reaction. Goldberg and Lashley. That's a little so. So I don't think that people are eating, you know, feeding into that one the way they hope. The Usos versus the Mysterios. Uh, a little bit of intrigue there. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Belair and Banks. We got Edge and Rollins. And then uh, Sheamus and Damian Priest will be going for the United States Championship. And as you mentioned, you know, I, I believe uh, historic here. First time on a Saturday. They're going to be in Vegas. And they have promised to be out before that night's big fight. So they're not going to be running is, long. Which is now canceled. I hope that they stick to it then and get us out uh, because you know what? That's some of the excitement is here knowing that I'm going to be out in two and a half hours. Well, I mean, Errol, number one, Errol I hope the show. Injured, though, so. they, they, they canceled the UFC show. Hope SummerSlam happens. Right. I hope so. I mean, you, you might be looking at SummerSlam at the Continental Wrestling Center. Well, you, you know, Vince Vince isn't going to back down. He'll figure yeah, out a way to get Dana doesn't there. either, though. That's the thing. If Dana's pulling out. Capital Wrestling Center. Or whatever. Capital. Whatever. Tear the damn thing down. Burn NXT to the ground. Uh, but th there was one match that you mentioned there that I am intrigued by. Two names on my list. Edge versus Seth Rollins. That might be for the title of Mr. SummerSlam. Oh, I, I think that would be a, a tremendous if there's anybody out here. You know, we were just talking about some of the, uh, the likes and the tags and the people that are sharing our great conversations. Who is? Hey, you want to you want to up to Annie there? You want to get people a little more invested? Slap the tag on it because that's two tremendous names here that I know we're going to talk about. You know, it's funny. Edge not even on my list. Didn't even think about. Wow, it. not a fan whatsoever. Wow, didn't, hey, even, he, didn't even cross my radar. He's on my have, list for having twelve, twelve individuals on your list, and you forgot about Seth Rollins. No, Seth Rollins is on my list. Edge is not. Oh, Edge, Edge, Edge. Yeah, Edge did not make the list. I don't know why, but uh, I've got Edge at eight and two at SummerSlam. Yeah, sell me on him because I got uh, now. I got to think about this. I, I mean, he had great matches again. I mean, he was part of the Hardys, Dudleys, Edge and Christian thing, right? right TLC right. that was at SummerSlam two thousand. He had killer matches against Lance Storm, killer match against Eddie Guerrero, Batista and Jericho in a triple threat. Matt Hardy versus Edge blew up at SummerSlam. And then there was a match against that one guy, John Cena. Like I, I Edge has one hell of a resume for Mr. SummerSlam. Yeah, actually, it's it's not bad at all. The only thing I would say is um the SummerSlam 98 match, which is funny, his like introduction was the match with uh, Sable and Jacqueline and, and Mark Merrow very short match the matt hardy match was a disappointment to me it was so short it was only four minutes i was there live for that i was just very disappointed by it uh the cena match i didn't i mean we probably talk about that later too but i just didn't care for the match i just i just didn't like it it, it was a weird um thing it was like cena's hometown but he's gonna lose in his hometown it was like that typical wb thing that they love to do i know i just i didn't care for that match i actually like the hell in the cell match with um undertaker i thought that was that's a good match um, trying to think. Oh, the Nexus match too. Obviously, uh, was a good match. The finish is in question. Maybe they should have lost. Which apparently, if you listen back, maybe Edge and Jericho went to Vince and Cena and basically begged them for him to lose, and they refused to come off. I, mean, I was gonna maybe say, uh, yeah. this is I, I this is open say, for debate. 
Yeah, if, if we could make this weird, bizarre Maybe argument Eagles for Cena in this case uh, for his wrestle, you know, Mr. SummerSlam, is that in that match, somehow in just a few moments in one match, Cena killed the futures of what seven or eight talent. Right. <laughs> and it, 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 all the while, Edge, Edge and Jericho record, yeah. are pleading with him to let yeah, Nexus yep. win this match. So I forgot about Edge, which is a good good thing you guys are here, you know, to kind of do that. Eight and two record. Nothing really stands out to me. Maybe we could put him in the conversation. I wouldn't put him in the conversation because obviously I completely forgot about him, but I don't know. We don't think he has enough of the um, remembering. Like if I'm, if I'm not remembering this stuff, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if, if I can put him in contention. I actually put Seth Rollins in more than him. Six and one record. Um, he had some pretty memorable matches. He beat Lesnar. I know it was a short match, but he beat Lesnar for the title. Uh, last year against Dominic Mysterio it was kind of Dominic Mysterio's coming out party. Not like great match, but it was good, and it showed you that Seth Rollins can really carry a young guy. Um, the John Cena match in 2015 I thought was excellent. His real coming out party there. Um, the Baylor match where he injures Baylor is probably a, a detriment to him to, to winning. But six and one is, is Seth Rollins at all considered, Mister uh, SummerSlam? The, the Baylor injury is what hurts him at SummerSlam for you. Not the uh, Cena kick in the nose, no, or knee oh, in the nose, or, or or maybe what he did to a, a true icon of the sport, the Stinger. <laughs> that was at uh, the pay per view after the night. Oh Champions. yeah, okay, yeah, that was a uh, night of champions, then wasn't it? Okay, yeah. Well, that little run there for him. Uh, yeah. But he did but, yeah. break Cena's nose that night, yeah. Cena deserved it. I agree. He let, he went into it. But what do you think? Is Seth Rollins, is he in contention, not in contention? Okay, nice little well, run, well, for sure. Well, I, I, I guess, number one, I, I want to go back to this Balor thing. Because oh. I feel like Seth Rollins gets a lot of crap that he doesn't deserve. That was Finn's fault. That wasn't Seth's fault. Why are you doing that move to begin with? I don't like I don't oh, like well, the spot and I don't like the move. Why does Seth Rollins do half of the stuff in the <laughs> ring that he does? I mean, like it's Seth freaking yeah. Rollins, right? I mean, like you know what you're getting in a Seth Rollins match, but that specific move when Balor separates his shoulder, tears his labrum there on, on the outside on the yep. buckle bomb without the buckle, right? That was entirely in how Balor went down. Rick, I know you and I, we, we like dissected this. We brought in absolutely, experts absolutely. on this. Like Seth, there was a really bad run of injuries there where Seth was injuring a lot of people. Sting should have never been in the ring. That Balor thing was entirely his fault and John Cena deserved it. Well, I think, you know, it, what we're talking about here too is, you know, as when we look at WrestleMania, you know, it isn't just about the record. It is in win, you know, wins and losses. There, it, it is about those moments and things you remember. It, those really stick out, for better or worse. You know how you're going to break them down and how you personally view those things. I mean, SummerSlam, he's really had a chance to shine uh, a little bit with maybe with with Rollins for myself. Maybe not quite there to Mister SummerSlam, but certainly someone in the next four or five years that could take that crown. Well, I mean, is it a it, win over Edge? Like to me, that could very well make Seth Rollins Mr. SummerSlam. If you add Edge to the resume of Cena, Lesnar, I mean, like it, it's pretty impressive, especially with if he would be what seven and one then. Well, you remember what was it fourteen? Because I get the match, I can't remember. Was it was it fourteen? Really, yeah. They the Shield had been around. It took a while for them to get to SummerSlam. Uh, that him and Moxley went out there and actually had a fantastic match in a, a yep, damn lumberjack match. Yep. 
Uh, so, you know, that's what really got him going there. And then year after year, you know, he's really kind of that guy where, and that's one of the other reasons that I really appreciate SummerSlam because at WrestleMania, you got everyone coming out of the woodwork looking for those spots, looking for those big moments. So SummerSlam to me is really the spot where your workhorses, the guys that are waiting to become those next breakout megastars that you're positioning, that this is their chance. Okay, now they've got to step up their game to shine a little bit. That's something that's one of the reasons that I've always really admired and enjoyed SummerSlam. And I think in his in his run here, I I'm not overly thrilled about what Seth Rollins done. I think it's he really hasn't found himself until probably the last year and a half, and he's still not really there yet. I don't think. Uh, but but yeah, but he's had those big moments. He's been involved and he's put in that work and he's gone out there and and shined, you know, when asked to. And I I think you know just leading up to the. And I think it was just bad creative. I think he was just doing the best with what he gave him. I wish he would have been able to take the reins a little bit more, no pun on that thing, uh, with the Monday Night Messiah. But, you know, the work with the Mysterios was great. And and I, I like what he's doing now. I, I like the stuff with Cesaro. And and I like what's going on with Edge. Again, I, I really, Dan, I wish, you know, that they would have thought about this conversation we're having. They should have been tagging this thing all over it. You know, this this should be it, you know, the passing of the torch for uh, Mr. SummerSlam. I still think, you know, even if you had that there, it would only propel him to number three at best, as I still have two individuals way ahead of both Rollins and Edge. Yeah, me too. I mean, like I said, Edge wasn't even on my list, wasn't even on my thinking when I created the list. Rollins, I thought of immediately just because current day wrestler he's been on quite a run he's been in all these rest, uh, summer slams in a row and had some big key wins over cena and lesnar which was huge because two biggest stars of the, of the ruthless aggression era but let's get down to some serious business here let's talk about some real contenders first guy i thought of first name i wrote down brett the hitman heart largely considered mr SummerSlam by many everyone says oh michael is mr wrestlemania brett's mr SummerSlam." seven and four record started in 1988 had his first one the last one was the nexus in 2010 he came back for that and made a you know, surprise appearance there obviously on the losing end with that team well he's on the winning end with that team he ends up taking a loss and getting eliminated for the match but really break it down the loss in 88 to demolition decent match not great he'll he'll have a chance to redeem himself is that the two out of three nope that's uh two years later that'll be 1990 but um in 89 they lose to the brain busters in a good match good opener hot opener then demolition two out of three falls wins that one great match love that one mr perfect in 91 all-time classic bulldog in 92 beats perfect loses the bulldog all-time classic main event of the damn show over warrior macho man with flair and perfect kind of circling and being involved so i mean that's huge for them then 93 beats doink loses to lawler via dq of course 94 all-time by the way that was two great matches against doink and lawler hold Love on, that I, thing. those are wait, great wait, wait, no, but well wait, i think about wait, that real quick rick, wait hold right. hold your horses rick just let me get through it real quick owen hart 94 epic great match 95 a win against yankum good for what it was horrible gimmick for isaac yankum Beat Undertaker in 97 and an awesome match, like I mentioned, Nexus. But Rick, what were you going to say about Doink the Clown? Oh, I was going to go all the way back there. And then I'm glad that you did cut me off and let you finish. You talk about a roller coaster of, of opponents and positioning <laughs> on the card. I mean, you go, like you said there, you know, you go from Bulldog imperfect to Doink. And, and believe me, I just no slight against Lawler, but where he was at, what he was doing 
uh, wasn't that the kiss my foot match and all that stuff that they had? You know, that was around that, that time. Be, that would be two years later, actually. But that, that would be the culmination of that feud, okay. which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So you, you've got that going on. So he's all over the place at this point. And yet he delivers every time out, no matter where he is at. I had talked about WrestleMania is where everyone's coming out of the woodwork looking for that that big marquee there. And, and we kind of look at Shawn Michaels as Mr. WrestleMania. Summer slams for the ultimate workhorse. And it's very fitting that Bret Hart's right there. Chargo. Were you at all surprised by Bret's record at SummerSlam? Like, because Bret, you're right. Absolutely. Widely considered Mr. SummerSlam, seven and four. Like it, it seemed a little surprising to me. It happens. Those two early losses, the demolition and the brainbusters, is kind of what does it. The bulldog loss you expect. It's it's in Wembley. It's in England. Um, that you know that that's going to happen. But um, the Lawler thing is a DQ. So yeah, I guess those two early losses, demolition and brainbusters, kind of hurt hurt the the old record there. Kayfabe wise, of course. The thing about Brett that I expect he is going to win this at the end of the day, because when I make my list of my favorite Brett Hart matches, three of the top four are going to be Mr. Perfect, Bulldog, and Owen, right? And they're all SummerSlam, right? It just seemed like that was kind of the way the card worked out for Brett, that his big matches just happened to end up being at SummerSlam. I, I'm. I gotta say, it's going to be hard to talk me off of Brett the Hitman Hart not being Mister SummerSlam. With him too, the Undertaker match. I love. I was there live for that. Love that. Man. Crowd hated it. The crowd hated it. But really, it. I love that match. I, I remember being. Oh, he's so, the heel. He's doing the whole Canada thing. I know, but I remember being so invested. I think you know that was a lot of it because that was you know really you talk about those hot angles in pro wrestling. That's that's my all time favorite. Oh, they throw trash in the ring and everything it, when, well, when he well, wins. That's not but... hating it then. That, that's that's just being involved in it. That's the emotion. That's what you want. Now, if that's they hate, he. if they hate yeah. it, they get up and leave the arena. Pause. This is well, you know what I mean. So they... invested in kayfabe wise, or whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah, you don't they're... hate it. You don't. You hate yeah. him, not the yeah. match. Well, they hated him the heel. Yeah. And not the moment, but oh, come on, man. Everything around that thing, man. Heart and soul, the whole yep. theme that they had going on into that thing. Uh, absolutely incredible vibe. I mean, that, to me, man, wrestling was, it was absolutely on fire. You talk about all these, you know, the attitude there and all that. Right there is that spark for me. I remember being so invested in that. All of my friends were. Uh, even the WCW, even my WCW friends, that's when they started kind of, okay, what's going on over here? They were getting into that thing. Uh, one of my all-time favorites in between two guys that are highly going to be in this argument here for Mr. SummerSlam. But you talk about Brett. I mean, in and out, no matter where he's at on that card, he is delivering at SummerSlam. You look at some of you going lists to 20 greatest matches, you're going to get three or four of Brett's from SummerSlam in there. Well, I mean, the Wembley thing, too. I mean, like, just that atmosphere – and Brett doing everything he can to make Davy Boy a main event star. Like that atmosphere was just incredible, too. Like the timing of things for Brett really always seemed to line up for SummerSlam more than any other event. It was so, what was so magnificent about that program. And we regularly talk about it all the time here is if, if, if we're going to believe it, they better believe it. 
and Brett got that, and he was the one that orchestrated that thing, and he got that entire family involved. I mean, I mean, you could feel. I mean, you, you and your own family could feel what the Hearts were going through, and the Smiths were going through in their own households, and how torn they were. And, and look what it did to you know to that country there, who I, I think you know they they wanted Davy so bad, but it, it is that, that heat on the Brett. They still were feeling for him in his heart because it is they're all loved ones there. It was such a tremendous ride there. Well, you know, one of the greatest, not just matches. You know, maybe if you if you take strip everything away, maybe it's that great. But it was about that environment, that emotion. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, I mean, like Owen in '94 is the much better match. But when when you look at just the environment and everything surrounding that Wembley show against Bulldog, well, that, that build that emotion I and mean, then throw in God. what you know, ninety thousand right screaming, a whole country <laughs> rallying here. Uh, simply incredible, and the hitman, man, and he delivered over and over. He was the workhorse, and I think that shined the greatest at SummerSlam. Arguably the best match, like four years in a row, 91, 92, 93, possibly, and then uh, 94, definitely. Should have been the main event. They did the Undertaker, Undertaker last, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Main event, obviously, because he's the world champion, and, and the Owen feud was definitely better than whatever was going on with the Undertaker at that point. I know they are doing the, the fake thing and Leslie Nielsen, the whole thing, just a little bit of a misstep, a little bit of a, a stumble there, not having Brett and Owen in the, the, the main event in the cage. It would have been great. Um, well, you bring up Taker. I, the, the Undertaker versus Undertaker match from 94, that to me is one of the checks against Undertaker being Mr. SummerSlam. I mean, not well, let's only... talk about Undertaker, though. 10 and 5, 10, 5 and 1 record at SummerSlam. Yeah, but some of those matches, man. I mean, I know. We, we, <laughs> I know. My God, do, do you got the resume there in front of you to yeah. run through the early days of Undertaker at SummerSlam? So he beats Kamala in 92, beats Giant Gonzalez in 93, beats the fake Undertaker in 94, beats Kama in 95. First really good match that I really liked was losing to Mankind in 96. Then he lost to Bret Hart in 97, which was great. I was there. Lost to Steve Austin in 98. Awesome. I was there. Um, with Big Show defeats X-Pac and Kane in 99. No contest against Kane in 2000. With Kane defeats DDP and Canyon in 01. A little disappointing. 02, he beats Test. Very good match. 03 beats A-Train. Forgettable. 04 beats, excuse me, loses to JBL. Decent. Uh, st more storyline driven. 05, very good match. Loses to Orton. 08, very good match against Edge. And then 2015 was his last match. He beats Brock Lesnar. Controversially, but a good match. I, I think no. We, no, no, no. I was just getting a low blow, man. That's when the Undertaker was just running around rocking, rocking Brock in his in his yeah. in his rocks. Uh, but I think when we look at the Undertaker's run here, let's look in really where his positioning on his card and how Vince saw him for so long. Undertaker was a spectacle. It, it wasn't, you know, many times through the year that he'd get really moved up. If they really needed somebody in that spot, okay, we'll put him there. We can, we can move him back down. And let's look for these outside larger than lightings that might be absolute garbage in the ring, but they, they look like these oddities, these just outside of reality totally competitors. Story yeah, that we can bring in to take on a, a dead man. So. I don't want to necessarily hold that against Undertaker because, you know, it is the summer's biggest event. It is kind of that side spectacle to complement WrestleMania. So you would ultimately see, yeah, that's where you want Undertaker and those big type of payoffs for his programs. And he went out there and you look at the opponents itself. Believe me, the matches are bearable. 
And that's because of the Undertaker getting the best out of those out of those opponents and being able to sell those stories and get get the you know the consumer the fan invested inside of those. When it was, like I said, you know, you talk about Brett with that roller coaster. It took Undertaker a lot longer to climb up that hill for that thrill ride to get going. But when he did, but he it was it was enjoyable to get up to the top of that hill, and then he really took off because he would deliver ultimately when he needed him in those big moments. So if we're taking off points probably for a lot of those gimmicky bad. I'm matches. not. I'm not because You're I not? think he did a hell of a job carrying it because that's what the Undertaker was at that point. He was that spectacle guy that they're that they're running out there for the the oddity drama side of professional wrestling. I feel like if you're going to make a case for Undertaker, the case for Undertaker is he had more great matches at SummerSlam than Bret Hart. I mean, like, because like the match against Bret is fantastic. Austin, Mankind, Orton, Brock, and then the 2008 Hell in a Cell against Edge. Like he had some really barn burner matches at SummerSlam, but I, I just can't my giant Gonzalez. I mean, like not only did we need one match with Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez, we needed two. <laughs> really? No. Disqualified. Damn. Now, what about the third man of this trio of, of the WWF guys in that era? Giant Gonzalez? No. Shawn Michaels. What about HBK, Mr. WrestleMania? Is he at all considered Mr. Summerson? Six and five records, the same amount of matches as brett he uh started off in 89 with marty and tito losing to rick martell and rougeau then loses to power and glory very kind of uh good match but short match and michaels is injured during it so kind of takes him out of that one loses to martell in 92 beats perfect 93 beats razor in 95 beats vader in 96 beats triple h in 02 loses the elimination chamber in 03 loses to hogan 05 disgracefully uh beats shane and vince with triple h in 06 and with again Triple H and DX in 09, they defeat Legacy. So, six and five record. Only a few matches that really stick out. The perfect match is disappointing, to be honest. The Razor Ramon match is great. The Vader match is great, albeit a little disappointing. The fact that he kind of breaks kayfabe and starts crying during him and kicks Vader in the head legit. A normal pro would just say, okay, Vader didn't hear me. I'm going to move on to another spot, do something else. This guy decides to kick him in the head, which is so dumb. Uh, I honestly think Vader should just beat him up straight up and just. <laughs> it's, He's uh, lucky Vader didn't beat yeah, him up. Yeah, and just win the up. match. Say, screw this. I'm going to win this match outright. Uh, that kind of, I take a little bit of points because there would have been an all time classic, you would think, but he kind of ruins the match. Triple H in 02 is a great match. I like that one. Hogan in 05 should have been great, but he kind of ruins that as well. Where does HB Shizzle stand? HBK didn't even make my list. I mean, ouch. We, I didn't have him on mine either. An I mean, edge major list. Ouch. Well, I mean, when you look at HBK's body of work at SummerSlam, to me, really, there's the O2 return and then there's everything else. Like, to me, that is the only really good Shawn Michaels SummerSlam match. Uh, a few things, you, like you mentioned there, disappointment in the perfect match when you have a, a match with Brett that absolutely stands out as one of the best. Uh, we can look at the crying in the ring. We can look at the antics with Hogan. Uh, I think I think this is a case. That of, alone disqualifies him. Right? I, I'd say I would agree with you on that, but I think it, what it really says is it shows throughout the different phases of Shawn Michaels how unprofessional he can be at times. And because this wasn't WrestleMania season, 
that he's not taking it as serious. He's not as invested as some of these other individuals that we're talking about. That's why I don't think he'd be anywhere near edge on this. Because that's just going out there and giving you 100, even to the best that we can tell as a fan, uh, giving you all he can. Where Sean's just, just blatantly out there flaunting that he doesn't really care what's going on on the camera during the event. And then, like, the, even the legacy thing at the end, like, that feels so much like uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels flexing their big dick, saying, yeah, nope, not today, boys. You, you stay down there at the bottom end of the card, and we're going to stay up here. Like, it's just it's, his SummerSlam career, to me, is just not good at all. Well, I, I would say my favorite... Shawn Michaels SummerSlam is going back to those early tag matches that you mentioned. Well, I mean, the, the, the return match, match against Hunter is fantastic. And, yeah, yeah, and, and, the, and the Razor match. Yep. The only thing is here, Scott Hall has said this, and on record, and he said this, Michaels used to take the summer off, literally and figuratively. And, and I think this is a prime example of this. I think, and, and, and I had to put him on the list because he's Mr. WrestleMania. I wanted to see where he matched up with, with Brad and the other and guys. I, I, I think that's another fair point, too, that I did kind of take into consideration, especially with Sean and maybe some other individuals. But what they've accomplished, the accolades at WrestleMania, did they so just overwhelmingly out, you know, exceed anything that we saw at SummerSlam that would dismiss them for me? But I think Michael's kind of purposely took it easy i know 96 you kind of couldn't or 95 when he was trying to come back there's some errors of him where he's definitely taking it easy i mean he's a referee for christ's sake in some 97 which is a great storyline piece and it, it, it adds to the show but it's just i know sometimes with him i think hall's right i think he was taking some summers off and he'd really t- turn it up for wrestlemania which is why i took points away for him at wrestlemania did, did brett ever talk 365 has brett ever talked openly this is hadn't something in the that because maybe I wasn't interested in it until now. This really got me think about it. What was his attitude towards Sean as the referee in that match? Because Sean takes a lot of that shine, that spotlight afterwards to go set up that you know that hell in the cell. Yeah, you got to think so. Maybe I got to think somewhere that you just eaten at the hitman in there, like this son of a bitch. <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of did the same thing at WrestleMania with uh, Taker and Triple H, right? I mean, like he becomes one of the more focal points of that match but i think i really think that was always supposed to be his focal point but he couldn't get you know they need it that was actually you know what we talked about is they needed triple h to help you the third wheel there yeah no that's true so i mean it did it did add to the energy in that in that uh match with him as the guest referee with heart and taker i mean it it, it did and in that moment you know there was a lot of line and it got a lot of people invested because there was so much at stake there. I was just wondering if he too. personally ever talked about it. Not that I recall, but that was a vicious chair shot too by, uh, by HBK. Even Brett earlier in the night, a vicious chair shot on Undertaker in that match. But another guy I considered very, very heavily, the second guy I considered because he had such a good streak in a row of good matches and main event level matches SummerSlam. He was kind of the go-to guy for SummerSlam for a while. Barack Lesnar, he's six and four records, so maybe the record is, is a bit deceiving. But beats Rock in 02, lose to Angle in 03, beats Triple H in his return in 2012. Then he beats Punk in 13. Then he beats Cena in 14. Then he loses controversially to Undertaker in 15. Beats Orton in 16. Beats Joe Reigns and Strowman in 17. Loses to Reigns in 18. Loses to Seth in 19. So quite a, a streak there, quite a run where he was basically in the main event for. Six straight years, uh, best match in the, on the card all those years, pretty much. 
uh, quite a good run. He, he was the second name I really thought of when I thought about WrestleMania, or excuse me, when I thought about Mr. SummerSlam, because I'm like, okay, Brett definitely, but who else? Like, oh, Brock had that awesome run. Not only okay, he's winning the matches, but really is is arguably having the best match of the night and the selling point for the show. I mean, he's the draw. I think the thing with Brock and SummerSlam is you were never really sure what was real and what was not like it Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam is dangerous ask Randy Orton who got left at a bloody freaking mess in the middle of the ring ask John Cena who couldn't do anything to Brock like that's one of my favorite SummerSlam matches in history Brock Lesnar just destroying John Cena yeah that was great it was absolutely fan. And the match in 13 against Punk, no holds barred, was really, really freaking good. Even going back to that first incarnation, I mean, when you're getting into the matches with The Rock, when you're getting into the matches with Angle, when he had first come in, I always thought those matches were really good too. Brock is just, there's a certain sense of danger when Brock Lesnar is in the ring. And it seems like at SummerSlam, that's when that line really tends to get pushed. I'm with you, pause. Brock Lesnar, he's right up there with the hitman for me. Yeah, with Brock, it, it's just funny. I'm sitting there remembering back. I, I think I'm going to go watch that match as soon as we're done here. The Cena <laughs> suplex, match. Suplex. Oh, after man. suplex. After suplex. And you've never, it, it's, it, have we ever seen a match that it was so one-sided domination that was so enjoyable. And so many people were just in that. What was the count? How many did we get? It was like 23 or something like that, that, that we ended up getting to. And I know a lot of people, you know, what have you done for me lately? And for so many people that think, you know, they, they want their champion there every week, every month. They, they've come accustomed to the 50-50 booking. They don't like the domination that Brock has left his sour taste in their mouth. But you know, to me, I think that's that's one of the draws. That's one of my favorite things about the current Brock Lesnar. Lesnar, but going back when he was young and he's ready to take that torch, some of those were magnificent. I mean, Posh, you go to those early matches; those were some barn burners. Those were fantastic, and and all the it felt every match felt big match, main event, must see, and that's where he was beginning to shine. I mean, the thing about Brock Lesnar is you have to believe that somebody can beat him in a fight. Like as far as I'm concerned, Brock Lesnar should have been the WWE champion for the last 10 years. I mean, because I, I don't believe that anybody inside of the WWE could beat Brock Lesnar in a fight, but everything feels like a fight when Brock Lesnar is there. It's funny how you describe that. Jordan. It's almost like they should give him his own title. And he's like, a like a um a boss in a video game right <laughs> once you like once you maybe like you defend the world the wwe championship 10 times then you unlock the universal champion brock lesnar to come back to, to battle i mean because it, 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 you you have to be able to to build that sense of believability that that individual across that ring has an opportunity to actually win that fight. Now I know there's a, like, you know, he's gone out with some great matches with the small guys, uh, you know, and AJ styles, Daniel Bryan, uh, Finn Balor, I believe. But we never believed they were going to win those. No, it was just entertaining to see, you know, cause they can generate that movement for him. Yep. And, and it's entertaining. Great matches, though. Yep. 
and, and now we're you know now we are really at that point where you go through the Randy Orton, you, you go through the John Cena who's there. So they you have we, Roman's believable in that sense. Uh, the Seth one kind of got me, uh, but that, that they let him have that. But but now you know now as we're looking here, what are people talking about? Another one with Roman and another one with Bobby. Uh, maybe Drew in there. So you, you kind of run out of those options as we're looking forward here for for Brock Lesnar. Drew versus Brock Lesnar does nothing for me. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. That's that's one that well, I I'm just saying going down that now. list. If you're looking for anybody for these dates to come back with him, but yeah, I mean that's your money maker. The next guy I had on my list, we were just talking about him. What about John Cena? He's five and nine, which absolutely terrible record. He's got a bad record, but let's go through real quick. He beat Booker T in 04, lost, uh, beat Jericho, excuse me, in 05, lost to Edge in 06, beat Orton in 07, lost to Batista in 08, lost to Orton in 09, won with the Nexus controversially in 2010, lost to Punk in 11, lost to Punk in show in 12, lost to Dana Bryan in 13, lost to Lesnar in 14, lost to Rollins in 15, Lost to AJ in 16, then he beat Corbin in 17. That's been his last one until this year. Five and nine record, bunch of losses in a row there. Uh, the Nexus match is, is disgraceful. The fact that he won is terrible. Uh, Punk match is great. I like it. The finish there, which is funny. Uh, what happens after that with uh, Nash sticking the winner? Del Rio comes down and, and all hell ensues. But then the next year, Punk and show is kind of forgettable. Daniel Bryan match is great. Uh, that SummerSlam is pretty great because you got Lesnar and Punk and Brian and uh, John Cena, which was great. Lesnar and 14 we're talking about was great. 15 match with Rollins I liked. 16 match with AJ is great as well. The 16 match with AJ might be my favorite John Cena match ever. Yeah, it, I was going to say it's one of his best matches. That and the Umaga match are my, probably yeah. two of my favorite matches. Yeah, Umaga was fantastic. Um it's almost weird with Cena because it's it's almost like he's been trying to make up for the Nexus thing at SummerSlam. Yeah, like I got to put everybody else over shit. But I that's really what SummerSlam has been for John Cena is that's where John Cena goes out and he tries to make somebody else into a star. He's out there putting people over at SummerSlam, the second biggest show of the year. I mean, like that's a pretty good position to be because ideally you get a win over John Cena at a big stage like that. Your career can take off from there. And when you're looking at punk, Brian Rollins, Lesnar styles, like there's a case to be made there. He's going out. He's having good matches. Some of his best matches at SummerSlam. And he's trying to make new stars. And what John Cena has always said is, you know, when we're in the ring together, it's what you do after that match that's going to make it. Like, I can give you the platform, but then what are you going to do with it? He put a lot of guys over at SummerSlam. I, I wish if there's, we got to get this question to him somehow, Jargo. That is the perfect, that is the perfect question for John Cena. Uh, is he just trying to make are you trying to compensate for the next? Yes, yes. Yes. I mean, if, if you realized. The error of your ways and what you did that night to the Nexus, and you are going to spend the rest of your wrestling <laughs> career trying to make up for that at SummerSlam. It really seems that way. That is that is the one and only question going forward that I ever want asked again in professional <laughs> wrestling. Until we have an answer for that, I, I am not listening to anything else. That is what we need. That is that is what we need. The people need what they want. We demand it. Yeah, but see, uh, he. I, and I think he realizes what this is. You know, it's an opportunity 
for someone to be take that ball and you have a good you have the the second half of the year here to run with that what can you do to get yourself ready for wrestlemania because john cena knows he's going to go right back to the top and be elevated into a wrestlemania spot so he's going to be sitting okay i appreciate what cena has done there he's had some good matches there you guys had mentioned uh, when you can put when you mentioned that SummerSlam might be one of your best matches or a lot of your fans' favorite matches happen there, that's going to – it's going to greatly lean in your favor here. I mean, how much money did WWE make off of Brock Lesnar destroying John Cena? Like, I've that's stated. the beginning of Suplex City right there. It, it, that's yep. – that right there, yeah, I look at the t-shirts that that begins to generate. You see people the next day with signs. I mean, it was almost like the Austin C316 people just yeah. making their own and showing up. You got this suplex city. And then you're putting them, think about that, the, the print jobs keeping up because you're hitting every town. You are hitting hands their own. People, you had one there in Iowa. They got them here in Cincinnati. They got you up there in Jersey. Suplex city is coast to coast. Uh, absolutely. And I, I think you got to tip your hat to that one. The punk stuff, great. Uh, again, that Cena coming in, helping to put somebody over there. You know, that was really a, a round punk there. I love the resume. I love what he's done there. But should you get the term Mr. WrestleMania simply for building careers or helping elevate careers and instill that nexus weighs so heavy on me? Yeah, If it wasn't for the nexus thing, I might name John Cena, Mr. SummerSlam, but that was just such an atrocity that you can't forgive that. Can't do it. When we talk about someone that goes to WrestleMania with with so many losses, that was a Mr. WrestleMania. I mean, I know I'm, I'm bigger on moments and the stories going in. I just think those are just those little bit of things that separate Cena from that top. So the next guy I had on my list, eight and five record. What about Triple H? Been in some big time matches in in uh, SummerSlam lore and SummerSlam history. I don't know if necessarily he'll crack the list, but let's just go over quick. Beats Bob Holly in '95, loses to Mankind in '97. Pretty good opener. I like that match a lot. I was there live for a good cage match. Beat The Rock in '98 in a ladder match. Very good match. Crowd was hot for it. That's kind of when the crowd started turning for the rock and we're starting to cheer him as a baby face uh, they really started liking him, but that's a good match uh 99 he, he loses to mankind and austin mankind controversially wins the title of that match with jesse ventura involved in 2000 a lost angle in the rock in a three-way in 02 great match like i mentioned against hbk in a loss he wins controversially the elimination chamber in 03 in an awful finish to a match that was going along pretty good a little bit of a short match for elimination chamber but my god the guy could barely move he could barely walk he tore his groin you don't win there and you especially don't beat goldberg at that point it's stupid the next match in 04 he beat eugene in uh 06 with the x beat shane events 07 beats king Buka. 08 uh, hilariously beats great Kali and, and an odd feud there and 09 with DX again beats Legacy and then 2012 in a good match loses to Lesnar where he gets absolutely booed out of the building and the crowd is chanting na 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 hey hey goodbye because they're hoping he's retiring which is a funny funny point uh, just <laughs> looking at it because he's supposed to be the baby face but uh, what do you think Triple H eight and five career record SummerSlam's got some good ones in there but I don't know does he have a stake in the claim of being Mr SummerSlam? The most impressive thing about Triple H at SummerSlam for me is his list of opponents. 
I mean, go, I mean, go through and read that list. Holy yep. crap. He yep. was in there with the very finest every SummerSlam. And it, it's funny as we look at all these guys like Brock and Brett, Edge, Rollins, Taker, Cena. I'm sure we're going to get to Orton here at some point. There's a lot of overlap with a lot of those guys. None of them do I have their best match against Triple H. Okay, fair enough. But what man, that list of talent against Hunter. Holy crap. That's, like that's a Hall of Fame roster. It's crazy. Uh, I'm going to give Hunter an A for effort. And, and at SummerSlam, his his efforts to stand out as one of the greatest performers, hey, they even beat his, his incredibly ridiculous efforts at WrestleMania. Uh, so an A for effort, Triple H, but you're still not close to it. Oh, ouch. Okay. Since Rick is a big... Hogan Mark, why don't we talk about the Hulkster next? Six and O at SummerSlam at the show that he created again. Another show that the Hulkster created. He was so popular with the Andre Hogan feud that they decided to create another pay per view. Think about that feud. It creates Saturday night's main event, the main event, creates SummerSlam, creates Survivor Series. I mean, and Hogan obviously was a huge part separately from that feud with WrestleMania as well, but man. How important is this damn Hulk Hogan? It's crazy. So 6-0, uh, first year, 88, with the Mega Powers, defeats the Mega Bucks. Then the next year with Beefcake, defeats Zeus and Macho Man. Then in 1990, beats Earthquake in 91 with Warrior, defeats Slaughter, General Adnan, and Colonel Mustafa, a.k.a. The Sheik, in the match made in hell. In 05, beats HB Shizzle. And 06, beats Orton. 6-0 for the Hulkster. He is Mr. SummerSlam. Wow, those early ones, Eddie, you talk about somebody not really wanting to work in the summertime. Uh, how many tag <laughs> matches can we throw together here, brother? I think that was the thing, though. You, the, the, the big matches would be elsewhere. SummerSlam was kind of like a little bit of a showcase. Maybe Hogan uh, want to take it easy. It, it is. You know, I put it over as that spectacle. And I, I think that's what it, you know, it was entailed for was, okay, where can we you know, throw in an extra big event, marquee event, hit that pay-per-view market here without overexposing, you know, maybe we team up some of our big stars to work those big angles. But, you know, come on. Is there anything about Hawk Hogan's career when we sit back here and, and on his birthday and we're reminiscing about those amazing moments of Hawkamania? Uh, unless, we, unless we didn't have this as the topic today, we would never mention SummerSlam. Hulk Hogan, 6-0 at the SummerSlam. Uh, obviously, uh, I got to throw him out there. I mean, he's got to be brought up on every show, and it is his birthday. So, I mean, we they, we got to double down on it. I, I would uh, say his best piece of work there at SummerSlam is that why Sean probably thought he was invincible and in getting yes. his way with Vince yep. McMahon backstage is that Hawk showed him, uh, you know, that still the, I Python, love that the Python still rolled the political game. I love that word. He's like, I thought we were having three matches. And Hogan's like, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think so. Not happening. Like, what are you nuts? They're like, I I'm beating you. And which is so true. He said, great quote, people didn't drive down here, order the pay-per-view to watch me lose, brother. And I totally agree because me and my friends drove down four hours to D.C. and we were going to riot if Michael's. Have you been to like every that. SummerSlam? I feel like you said like. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah. I've been at 97. Was that 98? Was that 05? I've been to a lot of a lot of SummerSlams. Maybe, maybe you, Paz, are Mr. SummerSlam. Could be. Could be. Jargo, I know you agree. And I, I, Rick, Rick is a self-admitted Hogan remark. Look at that. 
I, I wait, 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 wait. I just put the guy over for you, and now I'm on the Mark train. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would uh, put Paz over Hulk Hogan as Mr. SummerSlam. Um, I, I could get down with that. Uh, I give Hulk Hogan almost as much credit for creating SummerSlam as I give Kazuchika Okada for creating the KOPW championship. Um, to me, the Hogan thing, not only was there the HBK match where he's out flexing, right? Yep. But the, the Orton match, that's the one that really bugged me. Like, Orton could have really used that one in 06. It was weird because you thought he was going to win. You know, they had the out with his, his leg was on the rope or whatever. They had the out. Hogan must pose. Yeah. I mean, it, I ain't going to bury the guy on his birthday. I'm just not going to do it. Yes. Uh, just another guy I threw out there just as an honorable mention since we we're talking about the mega powers. Really doesn't belong on the list, but I just love throwing Macho Man out there. The win, obviously, in 88. The loss in 89, the two matches we just talked about. Um, beat Dusty in a really short match in 90, which was kind of strange because you thought it was going to be a big, long match. And then I love that match in 92. Awesome match. No contest. So only two one-on-one. I just threw his name out there. I love Macho Man, but he obviously wouldn't be Mr. SummerSlam. He's only got four matches. Just to throw him out there, um, honorable mention. Another guy that didn't have many SummerSlam matches was The Rock, who I threw out there. And I was thinking that maybe he had more, but really three and two record. Loses Triple H in 98, beats Mr. Ass in 99, beats Angle in Triple H in 2000, beats Booker T in the main event in 01, and he loses to Lesnar in the main event of 02. Just thought he would have had SummerSlam, more SummerSlam matches, but he does not. It, it was kind of surprising looking at Rock's resume there, but uh, yeah, you, you think he'd have more of those big moments? Unfortunately, it didn't go that way for the Rock. It really seems like SummerSlam more than any other show is about making statements for the rest of the year, and it seems like a lot of the younger talent tends to go over at SummerSlam so that they have momentum going in against football season and whatnot versus the part-timers who win at WrestleMania. Or that's where, you know, the, the part-timers want that payday. <laughs> and that's when they're getting written off. Yeah. Right. Within that next month or they just, or anymore, they just, you know, just mysteriously just don't show up without yep. mention. Yep. You so, get them from WrestleMania to SummerSlam. So another guy I had was Randy Orton, seven, seven and one career record. Lost the Elimination Chamber in 03. Beat Benoit in a great match in 04. Beat Undertaker in 05. I do like that match. Lost to Hogan in 06. Lost to Cena in 07. Beat Cena in 09. Beat Sheamus in a pretty lackluster match in 2010. Beats Christian in a good match in 2011. Comes down in eight seconds and beats Daniel Bryan in 13. Controversially with the Money in the Bank cash-in. Then loses to Reigns in 14. Uh, loses to Sheamus in 15. Uh, losing 16, beats Rusev in 17, no contesting against Kofi in 19. Um, it was a draw. So what do you think here about Randy Orton? Any sort of consideration? Um, I lost sorry, I lost to Lesnar in, in 16. I don't know if I, I mentioned that. But any sort of consideration there? You just didn't lose that match. Yeah, good. <laughs> but what do you think? Is, should Orton even be considered 15 matches, 7-7-1? Seven, seven, seven and one. I know the kayfabe record really doesn't matter as much, but did any of his matches really stick out and kind of think to you like greatest SummerSlam performer of all time? I think we would feel differently about Randy Orton if his best match at SummerSlam wasn't against Chris Benoit in 2004, and they actually still touted that match because right. that that's a – 
that was such a huge launching point for Randy Orton. And they like, they just don't talk about it. Or if they do talk about it, they just say the youngest champion in history, you know, like that should have been such a much bigger deal. And it was until what happened happened. Um, to me, the, the two that really hurt are that Rusev and Kofi match. Th- those mm-hmm. two matches really put Orton at number three on my list behind Brett and Brock. I appreciate the the work ethic that he's showing up for the event, that he's putting in the time where we've seen some of these other stars maybe phone it in. Uh, Randy's went out there and, and given us a good performance, given us Randy performances through and through. I just Randy don't know. Being Randy. I, I don't know if, that, if that's enough. Uh, it seems that maybe he's why he was there might be going through the motions at certain times. Certainly on the list, uh, but I, I don't think in consideration for uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk. <laughs> um, uh, I don't think I should put him in consideration for uh, for the top run in there. I also had AJ Styles written down. I know he would be an honorable mention as well. Three and one beat Cena in a great match in 16, beat Owens. Uh, lost to Joe in 18, beat Ricochet in 19. Wasn't on last year's for whatever reason. Um, AJ, just an honorable mention to me. Just I was like, man, he had a, a good run of four good matches in a row. So I threw him out there. But obviously, I don't know if he'd be considered um, for really who is Mr. SummerSlam. So is there anybody I missed? I know I missed Edge early on, but anybody uh, anybody else I missed? No, that's everybody that I had on my list. I, SummerSlam's a little bit different because it's it seems so much more modern. You know, because it, like it didn't start until 88. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it seems like all these names we're not getting into all the history that we normally do when it comes to these shows. So who is Mr. SummerSlam, Rick? Is it Hogan? Who's Mr. SummerSlam? You just keep saying it's not going to make it true. OK, <laughs> uh, I, you know, it, this is I came in here. Firmly set on two of them. I was going to let this thing, the discussion, play it out here of who I was going to uh, to put all, put the, the money to put on the pony at the very end here. I came in with The Undertaker and Bret Hart. And I think after the discussion, uh, I'm going to give the hat tip to once again winning another who is the hitman, Bret Hart. Mr. J, who you got? This one might be straight up across the board unless you do something stupid here, Paz. I'm going with Bret the Hitman Hart. Over who was like your number two, though? Like Rick said, Undertaker is kind of who's your number two, Lesnar? My number two would be Lesnar, yeah. Now, I, I might say that Lesnar in the conversation uh, probably surpassed Undertaker. So I would go Hitman, Lesnar, Undertaker. See, Undertaker, Undertaker also lost his spot on the Who Is chart yes. with that low blow. Now, yeah. now, and now Edge, Edge and Rollins, you guys are fighting for my four spot out there. Feel like Lesnar is definitely in my number two spot, um, probably above Taker, of course. But I just think that uh, Lesnar's run there was really remarkable. That's why I almost was like hesitant to make him number one. But really, it's going to be a clean sweep. Mister SummerSlam, of course, is Brett the Hitman Hart. Such memorable matches, the perfect match, epic, Bulldog match, epic. The Owen Hart match, epic. I mean, you're talking about the Undertaker match is awesome. Um, you're talking about, I even love Doink and the Jerry Lawler thing. I just love that those matches. I mean, you're talking about all-time great matches. I mean, these are like in the history of wrestling. Everyone remembers the perfect Bulldog and Owen matches. 
you can't top that. I don't care, you know, what the record is. I don't care if somebody had more wins or more main events or whatever. I don't think you could top that. I, I just think that if you really think about it in the grand scheme of things, Bret Hart is Mr. SummerSlam. That's who is synonymous to me with Mr. SummerSlam for sure. Even though Jargo for some reason thought I may go Hogan there. Hey, I, I think you, even when we did like, you know, greatest women's wrestler of all time, I figured that there was a possibility that you would go with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I, I tried getting it to, you know, argue for, for Brooke. Hey, she could have made the list for sure. Were you surprised, by the way, with the poll over who won the best women of all time? I was floored by that one. I did not see that one coming at all. Uh, Rick, you know... Again. Do you know who won that, Rick? Medusa won it, correct? Yes. Uh, not, not just won it. She ran away with that. Yeah, thing, I was going to say, she kind of ran away with it. I was surprised with that, too, just because, I don't know. I was thinking people might even say Moolah just because they know they know the name. I think there are, people are afraid to say Moolah now. Mm, could be. What about Toyota? Your your girl got, got chopped. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I just write that up to uh, the uneducated wrestling audience. You know, I mean. I, this is nothing against Medusa. I, I think it's just further proof that. Some of the people that vote on our poll are idiots. Yep. So right now, there is 16 hours left. Doing a little early, but there's 16 hours left because the last week I forgot to put it up. So, Jargo, you had me on my alert, so I made sure I did it early. Right now, who is the best puncher is up 34% Lawler, 20% Bobby Eaton, 32% Scott Hall, 14% Disco Inferno as far as that. A ton of people said Brett. A few people said Bob Cook, which was a good one that we uh, forgot about. Very, very good punch. A lot of people said Undertaker as well. So um, getting some pub there from from the greatest puncher as well. Well, of we course, see. everyone everyone missing again. You know how we throw punches here in the mean streets of Cincinnati. John Moxley should be in there. Oh, <laughs> for the love of God. He might have one of the worst. And we talked about that, uh, Jericho, right? I mean, he might have one of the worst. Yeah, we, don't throw, I, we don't throw punches around here. You get in a hit with a bat, fool. I, I, I think we had uh, Moxley number two right behind Shane McMahon for the worst working punch in pro wrestling history. Hey, I, I got to say, I, I'm going to go back. Although I did say Shane was so bad, it's good. I'm going to go back and see, <laughs> do a little research on this thing and see how many this is for the hitman for us. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to go back and research that. Yeah. He's dominating. Just goes to show you that he is one of the best. And I see now, finally, people online are starting to realize, like, man, Brett was so good. I was like, where the hell were you guys been for the last 30 years, you bastards? But anyway, let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And, of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Rick, the huge, huge Hogan mark. What do you got? Hey, coming up over on Two Man Power Trip Empire YouTube, we're going to have uh, free for you. It's going to be uh, hitting the air before Dynamite, and that's going to be Del Rio. So as you're listening to this, you're, that's going to be over on the Two Man Power Trip YouTube. And for myself, catch me across all social media at the Real RBV. And then when it comes to uh, hell, I, I don't, the, everything else, Two Man Power Trip, uh, Hameen Media Group, I don't know where the hell to go, so just go to therealmnetwork.com. Jargo, what do you got? Find me across all social media platforms at not Jargo, destinopod.com, hittingthemarks.com, big veto brand over at the realm. I mean, I, I'm everywhere. I feel like all I do is sit in this chair and go to work. You know, Paz, you, you should have got a little more original there and put uh, Gonzalez Hogan, Mark. <laughs> 
giant gazelles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just realized you could do that. You could actually play around. I didn't know that was here. possible. So we're learning. I was just, here I just today. looked. I'm like, edit, edit. What the hell is this? And I, I'm looking like those three little dots. Like, oh, you can edit somebody else's name. Like that's weird. So if somebody else is on here, somebody can make somebody else look like a fool. You know what I mean? If if possible, if you're, you have the controls, you could change the name. I never knew that before. That's Streamyard for you, which is the uh, the great service that we use here. But uh, before we go, for, what do you what do you think should be next week? What's uh, breaking the uh, the fourth wall here? What, what should be the next topic on who is? I mean, we, we could keep riding summer summer slam. I mean, we could come up with a few different things there. As the big event is next week, uh, or just what's topical. If anybody's out there, you know, if there's something that pops in the news that we can talk about that we can apply to who is. Uh, hell, I we, got, we got one the, for you. We got, got ETU coming back up. How about who is the biggest pervert? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, how, about how about this one? How about this one? We'll go to the other big news story. Who is the greatest NXT superstar of all time? As now the death of NXT is upon us. Interesting. Very interesting. Has there been anything official as far as them killing off the brand? Or are they, are they keeping everything the way it is? I, I think they're just they're making it more developmental again. They're going back to what the original plan for NXT was because I mean, let's face it, like much of the rest of Triple H's career, NXT has been a miserable failure as far as what NXT was intended to do. Who is the last homegrown Damn. talent who came up through NXT as developmental? I was Carly and I were talking about this this morning. Who was the last homegrown, didn't work in the indies, didn't already have television experience talent that came up through NXT? Hold, hold on. Right, we'll, we'll talk about that, but we could have a little spinoff show that we'll get back together on this one. But Ben and I talked about this Monday. When they abandoned the OVW concept where they had the multiple territories, who's the last star that has been produced? It's been a complete failure from Florida Championship Wrestling on. I mean, yep. or, or maybe Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns yeah, is the only Roman. name I could come up with. But He's ha- the but only look, one. But look how I mean that had that was force, 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 force. Bray Wyatt maybe on that Th- list. Completely threw it away. Yeah, yeah Seth Rollins is force, force, force. That's no, but, he, but Rollins he came up to ROH. Though. Yeah, I, I'm saying anyone. Anyone that's been through FCW to NXT, we have yet to have a true star. Now, let's go back to OVW. John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Orton. Dave Batista. Bobby Lynch. Yeah, I mean, mean, it goes on. Because there was somebody touting a meme of those four that came out. That was that one class together. And, you know, and it just wasn't OVW was the cream of the crop, but you had the other, you had other territories there. You had HWA here in Cincinnati. You had Deep South. You had, you know, who else was on the West Coast. And then when Johnny Ace got his dirty hands on it and created FCW, and then they they went to NXT and hey hey hey, what what, do you got him coming on this week? No no no, love Johnny Ace. Come on. (laughs) But anyway, as we uh, we head towards the finish here, thank you everybody for tuning in and listening. We'll see you right back here next week, possibly talking about some NXT right here on Who Is. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. 
You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.